Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Chronically Courageous podcast. Uh, Today, I have with me Carrie Faith, and I'm very, very excited to bring her to you. She's wonderful. She is a positive change agent, a certified knowledge broker, and she speaks about all things happiness, health, and well-being. With her background in psychology and her personal experience of moving from a lifetime of fear to be seen with depression and anxiety to a lifestyle of public speaking, writing, and coaching, she loves to inspire entrepreneurs to go after their dreams and live a life of intention and vision. She is the host of Carrie Faith On Purpose podcast, author of Pillars to Positivity, The Art of Transforming Doubt into Self-Belief, and she coaches specifically on positive psychology theories, application, and research-based knowledge on emotional awareness and conscious intelligence, growth mindset, gratitude, and the power of visualization. Boy, that's a mouthful. (laughs) She believes that anything and everything is possible when you combine it with purpose, and there is no limit to your success. With that, it is my pleasure to welcome Carrie Faith to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast, and it's just such an honor to be here on it. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as you know, Carrie Faith, this podcast is about chronic illness and more importantly, how we can heal from chronic illness. So I usually invite people on that have a chronic illness story to share. So can you start by telling us a little bit about your journey with chronic illness? Well, I believe that my chronic illness and pain started from my first memory of just standing there at my front door and having a stomach ache and screaming, I don't want to go to school, I don't want to go to school, and just really having fear to step out in through my front door to go to preschool. and. It's so funny because who doesn't like to go to preschool, right? And what three-year-old, you didn't like to go to preschool either? No, okay, so I, I feel like I'm listening to myself right now, quite honestly. I was the same kid. I was shy and it was painful for me to go to school and I hated it. Yeah. So did you have stomach aches? Absolutely, all the time. Wow. Okay, all so I had a stomach ache every single day from my first memory and then that just transferred into headaches appearing, you know, at seven or eight or nine years old, I would come come home from school every day and say I have a headache. 
And at that time, this was not to date myself, but back in the 80s probably, and they didn't have that liquid Tylenol or you know, the kids' medicine that tasted good. So I remember my mom would always crush up like the Tylenol and she put it on a spoon with water and it was like the worst thing in the world to taste that medicine, yeah. to actually drink uh, aspirin or whatever it was, white powder. But nonetheless, I did it and my headaches would be better for the day and then they would come back. And then in sixth grade, I remember my first migraine. And so that's where really the chronic pain started. And I didn't ever know why I was in pain. It was just, that's the way Carrie was, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so fast forward 10 years, and I found myself in college. I met a boy, and he started opening up to me as we were dating the first few weeks of dating. And he started opening up to me about his feelings and emotions. And everything that he was telling me was like my story. I felt myself and all of his experiences and all of those deep, dark, you know, feelings, thoughts, emotions that he was having. And he said the word depression and mm -hmm. medication. And I had this aha moment like, oh my gosh, I've been depressed this whole time and had no idea that it was actually depression that I was experiencing as a kid, not really being happy as a teenager, just not fitting in and wanting to escape my life. And so at that point is really when my journey to healing and self-discovery began. Hmm. And that was a, about what age was that? That was 19 years old is when I actually self-diagnosed myself and realized I'm depressed. Hmm. At the winter break, I remember going home and driving with my mom in the car. And I told her I had the courage to tell her I'm depressed. And I knew I was feeling this way my whole life, but I never really had a word for it and I never expressed it. And she simply told me a snap out of it. Mm. And that was like painful within itself, I feel like. I even have emotions in that moment come up because it's like when you realize you've been experiencing something your whole life, whether it be chronic pain, you know, trauma or just anything. It's like you realize you've been working hard to try and avoid that or fix that with something else. And so, you know, you need an alternative. And sometimes you just want an ounce of hope and empathy from someone. So that really hurt when I told my mom and I love her. I've accepted her. I don't know if she realizes that hurt me so much, but it was simply because she didn't understand it, you know? And so that's mm -hmm. why I feel like it is my mission to bring more awareness and just talk about mental health um, issues and experiences and bring light to it that it is just as, as serious as physical ailment or pain because it is detrimental on all aspects of the spectrum of right. you know, for relationships, for business, for life, for everything. So it was at 1920, I actually went out and sought the professional help. Mm, okay, so what, what was the help that you sought? Was it just traditional therapy? Well, I have another story behind that. Okay, let's hear it. 
in my sophomore year of college, I was going to the University of Colorado at Boulder and I signed up for an elective called meditation. Mm. So, um, and this was back in the nineties, long, long time ago, but back in the nineties, like meditation wasn't something people knew about, talked about. Meditation wasn't cool back then, right? Because it was Boulder. Boulder in the 90s, who was still stuck in the 60s hippie era. But it was easy. It was in the base basement of my dorm room. So I took this class called Meditation. And I still have the book on uh, my bookshelf. But we had a guest expert come in. And she was a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Yet she guided us through this meditation. And for me to take that awareness that I had a few months previously, ask my mom for help, didn't really get it, and then have this guide that was actually a professional and led me through a beautiful meditation. I, she left her card and information there after the class, and I just knew I had to reach out to her. And I think that within itself was a big act of courage, you know, Mm -hmm. to realize, okay, I need help. And to just follow up on that nudge. And it was through meditation, I feel like that I found that alternative way. And then after going through therapy with her, she also integrated a lot of Eastern practices into Mm -hmm. her practice. So I was signing up for workshops with her. And it was me tapping into the spiritual realm of universal energy, which I always knew about, but she was really like my savior almost. That's amazing. So I know you said you, you, know, you had the physical pain all of your life since the age of three, and then you realized that really what that was, was depression. So once you addressed the depression, what happened to your pain? Did you still have that pain? Well, I still had the pain. Yeah, it was, it was different types of pain, right? So for me, it was negative thinking, I believe that caused all these physical ailments. Mm. So I still had pain up until I would say a few years ago, and I'm 43 right now. So my pain hasn't fully subsided until I would say right after age 40. And there's another story in that. But Yes, I still had chronic headaches. I had chronic headaches and inflammation, I would say from 20 years old, actually, you know, from three years old to 40 years old. So all through my 20s, I had chronic pain. All through my 30s, I had chronic pain. And it was mainly the headaches, the migraines, and yeah, I would say stomach issues because it kind of peaked in my late 30s. So it was all, even though I did all the traditional therapy throughout my 20s, and I took all the medications under the sun, and I would have more side effects, as I'm sure this is a common theme with your podcast. Oh, yeah. All the side effects from the medications that were even perhaps even worse than the original pain. So it was a whole cycle, Mm -hmm. even to the point where I was getting uh, medical Botox, which, you know, was great because it would fix some of my wrinkles on my forehead, but (laughs) they, you know, injected all through the back of your head, your neck, Mm. your, your, um, down the sides of your neck, even sort of in your shoulders to relieve that tension. And so I was having like eight migraines, 10 migraines a month. And Mm -hmm. it reduced them to like four, but I still had pain. I still had the migraines. (laughs) So 
it's just so interesting. And really, if you want to hear like what actually was it that healed my pain, for me, I truly believe that it was my focus and applying a lot of things throughout my life. But at age 40, I went back to college and got my degree. Wow, that's awesome. So I, I love to tell that story and brag about it because I just want to inspire other people. No, it's never too late. You know, I had this sense of shame. This is where I'm going with that. I had a sense of shame from not completing college, from dropping out at age 21 because my physical symptoms couldn't even allow me to get out of bed and go to class, study for the exams, do the things that college students do. I had to stop going to school. And then I tried a few more times to go back to school. And the, uh, the third time I went, tried to go back to school, I just gave up after one month of a class that I just couldn't figure out because it was on the computer. And back then I wasn't very computer savvy. But right. from 28 till the time I went back to college, I had a lot of shame and guilt mm. in that experience, this sense of incompleteness. And I believe just a lot of those negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions I had associated with that was a cause of my physical pain. So what do you think was the thing that in your early 40s finally made all of that go away? So I, like I was saying, at 40 years old, I signed up for a class called Positive Psychology, and it was an elective Mm. to receive my uh, degree in psychology and human behavior. And it was this month, it was a pivotal time, you know, any woman or man that's turned 40 knows that it's a big kind of reflection time. But Mm -hmm. I was taking this class, Positive Psychology, and I still have the book. It's by um, Alan Carr. It's a great book. And it just opened my mind to the ability to focus on what is going right. Instead of what is going wrong or what doesn't make me feel good. And so it was that small shift. And I've been focusing for 40 years on all the things that make me unhappy or that I don't feel good about or that bring up just negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions, which is energy. And I shifted it in the sense of how can I create flow experiences all the research behind gratitude, which I did my senior capstone project on gratitude, dove into hundreds and hundreds of peer-reviewed articles on how gratitude is a healing, not only state, but trait, and just doing what we're naturally gifted here to do. That is our soul's purpose. And when we can honor that, when I realize I just need to do what I'm good at. Yes. It was like this light bulb. Everything kind of just started resolving after that. And just being hyper aware, taking myself up to higher levels of consciousness through meditation and letting go of what, you know, I did wrong. I had guilt. I had shame. Letting go. It was just this full alignment that came very quickly flooding into me. Mm, I love that you said the word alignment, because it's funny, I just actually did an episode, I believe it was last week, a solo episode, and I talked about how it was a, a Q&A, and one of the questions was, what was the biggest shift that you made toward your healing? And when I thought about it, it was 
when I became aligned with my life's purpose, that was the biggest, the biggest thing that made that difference. I think so often we get caught in that trap of what do people expect of us? What is the, what does society tell us that we should do? And there's kind of like this very common pattern, depending upon what culture you were raised in. And I think you and I came from a very similar type of background. So it's like, you go to college, you get married, you have children, you sit in an office and do your job and, you know, make a lot of money and blah, 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 whatever. And for me too, I mean, I, you know, I followed that path and I got more and more and more and more and more sick. And, you know, it's so like the, the best gift for me was getting so sick that I was forced out of the corporate world. I had to go on disability. And now I'm finally realizing what my purpose is, which is to help other people to discover these things and to heal from them. So yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I love, I love hearing those stories. That is so beautiful. And we, I feel like as a culture really discredit that and, I feel like that's the piece really where I want to inspire people. And it's funny that you brought up, you know, how you went and took the traditional path to the corporate job and got so sick. You had to go on disability. I never took the, the traditional path. I feel like, and even with not taking that traditional path to going to work in the corporate world, I still feel like there was a sense of, my own negative association and then society and cultural influences on that by not taking the traditional path. And it really is, can be that simple in the sense of realizing, am I doing this for me and what I'm truly good at? My sole purpose is to inspire. And so I wasn't honoring that. I was silent. I was silencing my own voice. I was quiet. I didn't think that I could do things like everyone else because mm -hmm. I was putting myself in, you know, I was putting myself in a container like we all do. Yeah. And it's just like opening up that container to possibilities and infinite opportunities to, okay, if I take myself out of this container, whether it be spiritually, mentally, physically, what is actually possible? Anything. Right. And when you can like tune into those physical sensations and what is it, right? For you, it was to inspire through your pain and your purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think the biggest thing is that you've learned from all of these health challenges? Well, the biggest thing that I have learned is to all never settle, never settle for what other people are telling you. And I really feel like I did, I never really did settle because I would go to that therapy. And my mom told me therapy never worked for you because you just told the therapist what they wanted to hear mm. or just kind of went with, I always just had this understanding that there are always alternative ways to experiencing life. And so the whole, the question was about what did I learn through healing, correct? Yes, yes. So what did, what did you learn through your health challenges about yourself, about life? I would say what I learned is that there is abundance, abundant answers where we don't think they traditionally are, that all the answers are inside 
right? We live in a materialistic world, materialism, because we are humans. So we are taught from a very early age, like you go to the doctor if you're sick. And this is in the Western culture. I know, you know, I grew up in the Western culture, so did you, and people listening might be more Eastern focused. But through growing up in a Western culture, we're told, go to the doctor, take the pill, you're going to get relief. And I never really got that relief. So it was Mm -hmm. just me never giving up, knowing that there are always answers and being patient and silencing all the noise is was so important to me is silencing the noise because all the answers really are within. Right. We can realize like not seeking out answers from other people when we can just seek out out the answers within ourselves Mm -hmm. that it may be um, a timely journey, but really we are on a journey and to just extend that grace, you know, in the moment, because I've learned that through healing my own ailments and my own depression through and my own anxiety, which I'm still, I would say experiencing and have opportunities to minimize the anxiety. But I think that it's a very modern day, even it's a pandemic, you know, it's a (laughs) pandemic. It's everything because our brains aren't evolving as quickly. So it's just always seeking out alternative routes to Mm -hmm. the destination that you're looking for. And for me, and I needed to really get clear, what's the destination I'm looking for? What is it that I'm seeking? You know, it was, I was seeking happiness all along, but defining it, that's what I really learned. And this is, Really what I'm here to teach other people, defining what health looks like to you because you're not supposed to fit into a box, defining what happiness is, defining what your journey ahead looks like. So I learned all these things through my own healing journey. And, you know, I don't think there's any final destination to it. Mm -hmm. I agree. I discontinue. Well, and what I'm hearing too, Carrie Faith, is that when, when you had all this kind of shame and guilt about what you thought other people were thinking of you and, oh, well, why didn't she do this? And why isn't she following the traditional path? That was making you sick. But then once you embraced what you believed to be your life purpose and you went for it, then that's when you felt you got that final freedom and you, you finally started to truly heal. Is that accurate? That is accurate. That's a great reiteration of what I was saying for the past 20 minutes. That really is it. Because we think almost like we are going after something that isn't in our best interest. We think it's in our best interest because of old beliefs and cultural um, expectations of us. But nobody really knows our healing journey except ourselves. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it is something, it, it is a very individualized thing. It's something that each of us has to explore for ourselves. And I think our, our you know, especially if we suffer from, you know, depression and, and sometimes with that comes low self-esteem, we tend to believe what other people tell us and disregard our own intuition, which is never good because, you know, that's, those are the things, again, that lead us to 
the chronic pain and the, the illness and the symptoms. And it's, it's really, I, I found that it's our body's way of telling us you're not on the right path. <laughs> it's time to switch gears here and go a different direction. So, all right, let's say if you were to put your coaching hat on right now, how would you advise my listeners that may be in a really dark place right now? As you said, we are in the midst of a pandemic. There's a lot of fear, especially if people have underlying conditions. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of fear and, you know, and just with chronic illness, certainly there, I, I know I've been in some very, very dark places where I've come out of major surgery and I thought, my gosh, who's going to, you know, I have a pacemaker, who's going to want me with this big thing sticking out of my chest now, you know? So what would you say to someone that is in a really dark space right now? How can they help themselves to get out of that? I would first take assessment of your thoughts in the sense of just start paying attention. Maybe the minute you wake up, what is that first thought? Typically for me in the past, it was, I don't wanna get out of bed. And I think for most people, it's, I don't wanna get out of bed because it's warm and cozy. It's like the womb, right? And it's hard to become aware of your thoughts if you're not used to, like we know we have to, 60, 70, 80,000 thoughts a day. And we can't measure the thoughts, but just to be aware that the thoughts that you are having is actually creating your reality, your lifestyle, your how you're feeling physically, how you react. So it really is paying attention and being aware of what are those thoughts. And the easiest way is to just, what are you saying the first thing when you wake up? So if you catch yourself and typically it will maybe be a negative thought, especially if you're in a dark place, if you have physical pain. I mean, I know that I would wake up with headaches and migraines for so many years. You don't go to a good place with your mind. And so be aware of the thought and then start being intentional in the sense of the thoughts. And so I feel like this is my purpose to really teach more of that emotional awareness because our thoughts create our feelings and emotions or sometimes our emotions and our feelings create our thoughts. It is this triad that we don't, you know, people have said thoughts create feelings and emotions and then other people say emotions create thoughts. We don't, I don't think actually really know as humans which right. create which, but they all contribute to the way we physically feel. So if you're in a dark place, whether physically or emotionally, be aware. And then I would say, grab yourself a repertoire of wor positive words, positive thoughts, positive you know, sentences, affirmations, mantras. They have all different terms, but words actually create that vibrational energy. And it has been proven that the word actually affects us on a cellular level. So mm -hmm. if you can even pick one word for the day or one word for the week, and when you catch yourself in your awareness stage of this is a bad thought, bring yourself back to that word, whether it be joy, happiness, healing, healthy, whatever that word is, it's going to be a higher vibrational word word and this is something where i know you know in my coaching is what i help people with 
is just to broaden that repertoire of positive words because it's going to affect us on that cellular level from day to day, from minute to minute. Does that make any sense? It, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's really, it's really just if I could kind of paraphrase, it's catching yourself when you have that negative thought and in that moment, kind of making that decision to change it. I mean, like what, one of the things I do is if I, if I catch myself saying something negative or thinking something negative, it's just go erase or like visualize that, you know, it dissolving and like flying out the window or something and then replacing it with something good. And, and really, like you talked about before, focusing on gratitude has been really, really huge for me. And not just, not just, you know, writing in a gratitude journal, which I do every day, but really just living in gratitude, like looking around you and seeing and when I wake up in the morning, I open my eyes and I'm not a morning person at all. I think I heard you say that you're also very much a night person. That's me. As much as I try to change it, it just doesn't seem to want to change. But when I wake up in the morning, as tired as I am, I open up my eyes and I just put a smile on my face. And it, it may not necessarily be authentic first thing in the morning, but it sets it sets that intention in your brain. And, and then in the morning, I just, I try to, like you talked about focusing on a word. I set an intention while I'm doing my meditation of like this morning, for instance, I woke up and I did not sleep enough last night. And I had a very busy day ahead of me. And I said to myself, regardless of the fact that I didn't get enough sleep today, I am going to be full of energy. I am going to have an amazing day. I'm going to have great podcast interviews and I'm going to get to sleep early tonight. That's beautiful. It's really, I love that you said that when you catch yourself in that negative thought, that you just say erase and almost like sweep it over. So, or I physically wipe it off of me. I sometimes yeah. that's the other thing I've learned is I will physically, and people, people listening won't see this, but I'm taking my hands and physically wiping the wiping it off of me as though it was like an actual physical thing because everything is energy. And if we just move that energy away from us, it, it profoundly affects the way that we feel. Yeah. There's actually a name for that. I know that those listening, it's the havening technique. So ah. if anyone wants to Google that or look up videos, it's the havening te technique. So when you just rub your shoulders, you can actually move that energy like you were saying. So for me, it's that awareness piece and then intention and being intentional, which you use too. And then the next step is the visualize. Like you said, you told yourself you're going to have the most beautiful day, productive day, have great interviews. It's just visualizing the best case scenario because I feel like with our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions, it's associated to the past, right? But when we can just think about the best thing that happens in the future, because I know so many people are worried about the future. Yes. You know, that's where a lot of our pain and suffering comes from. It's not just the past, but the future. So that visualizing of the future and not just the worst case, but just the best case is very powerful. It is what I um, coach on too. So it sounds like you do all three, that awareness, the intention, and then the, the visualization. Yes. The visualization is so, so powerful. Even, even when it comes to physical pain, like yesterday, for instance, I woke up with a migraine and I did went right into my meditation and I 
visualized it kind of evaporating and, and going away. And I visual not just that, but I visualized myself going about my day without that, without that pain, feeling great, feeling energized. And after about a half hour of meditation, I got up and I was fine. Wow. I, mean, I'm, I maybe, I, I, I would say I took the pain from like an eight to a, maybe like a one. It wasn't like a hundred percent gone, but it was pretty, pretty darn good. And that was something I never could do before. So that's, it's kind of like a superpower when you learn to master that it's pretty, pretty incredible. So yeah. That, that is incredible. I know for me, I actually do like the, like self Reiki in the sense of like actually just meditating and closing my eyes and feeling where that tension and that pain is almost coming from. Mm -hmm. So even visualizing or using my hands to like remove it from me is like you said, you just visualize your best day, but you can actually visualize, you know, yourself like removing that like a surgeon because we do have the superpowers within ourselves Mm -hmm. to do that. And it's just energy. So Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people seek other people professionals to do that for us but really when we realize we can do this stuff on ourselves is when that full empowerment and courage acts of courage to move forward like propels us to find the answers that we're seeking absolutely absolutely let's talk about your book you have a book called pillars to positivity the art of transforming doubt into self-belief so Chronic illness can take a toll on our, our, our belief in ourselves. Many times we, you know, it, it affects our self-esteem because we're not able to show up as the people that we want to. We're not able to be everything we want to be to other people. You know, losing our careers, not being able to take care of our children properly, not being able to show up as romantic partners, as friends, all of these things. So what would you tell people that are struggling with self-confidence as a result of their health challenges? How would you recommend that they kind of reframe that? For me, I found a part of my transformational journey was really in goal setting and picking something maybe up that I didn't do, that I failed at in the past in the sense of I lost a lot of confidence when I went to school over and over and just didn't feel like I could push through that uncomfortable or that failure that, or just having that pain. So the self-confidence for me really came from me becoming a mother, gave me a will to live. Hmm. Finding something that is outside of yourself that is bigger than you to go after. And it can be, you know, a self-fulfilling goal, but also it could be a goal that gives you that drive and that determination to go after it. It's finding out your why, you know, finding out why you are actually here. And it takes a lot of self-discovery. Like you said, it took you a long time to really find out your purpose. And when we can figure out a deep, deep why for why we're here, and a lot of the time I believe it's that pain. That pain is our why to go out and help people and lift them up from where we were, right? Because whoever is experiencing pain, you don't wish anyone to have that. 
And so a lot of the time that is our why. If a listener is like, well, I don't know my purpose. Really, it's there. It's just uncovering those layers. And when we can get to that root and have that deep why to it is when we can go after our dreams and actually believe in them. Like nobody else is going to believe in our dreams. Nobody else is really going to believe in us, I don't think. And we are seeking out that validation a lot of the time to have the confidence. Like, yeah, you're doing a good job. And that's really part of where I feel like all my negativity came from. We didn't really even go there. I was told at a very, probably even a baby stage that I was annoying, that nobody wanted to be around me. Maybe that I made bad decisions. You know, we were told at two years old, that's a bad decision. Mm. And so even like for me, that was the root of a lot of my subconscious behaviors and a lot of my pain. We internalize those things. Yeah. I mean, it's when we're told those things at such a young age, it like becomes a part of us and we believe those stories to be true. So that's, that's pretty much my story. And I don't really talk about it that much, but I want to say that here on the podcast because, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, well, we didn't have some huge trauma like you know, maybe you weren't abused and you weren't like beaten as a kid or, you know, you didn't lose a loved one as a young child, but it doesn't have to be something really big. Even the small things sometimes can be very traumatic to us. Absolutely. And so um, for me to find that confidence, it was, oh my gosh, I want to go out and build a better career for me. I want to go out and live where I want to live. I want to go out and travel and do these things. And so I realized that with um, goal setting for me over the past 10 years and really diving into my why and living into my full potential with confidence was through these five traits that I wrote about in Pillars of Positivity, which is persistence, persist. You know, you might have given up or persist on something. It's daily habits, like every day, just find good habits and stick with them. Perseverance is the second Pillars of Positivity that I wrote about. It's that we're all going to fail, you know, at doing something, but just not giving up. When you fall off the wagon, get back on if you lose that habit of meditating or eating right or sleeping, just try again, Uh, making progress in all areas of our life. It just permeates because it's, we need to live in alignment, right? So even if you're trying to, you know, find your purpose, start a new career, make progress in one area, make sure you're feeding your relationships, your health, you know, different areas, because it's all going to align. The fourth pillar is perspective thinking, And that really ties into the idea of reframing situations, implementing gratitude into your everyday life. And then the fifth pillar is patience, which I touched upon earlier, that we want like a a quick fix, you know, with this instant gratification world, we want a quick fix. And a lot of time it doesn't, it's, it doesn't resolve with a quick fix. It's true. Yeah. I've had that experience. Yeah. And that goes into, you know, self-soothing and different Mm -hmm. ways or wrong ways or trying to heal with a pill or escapism and, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, 
we want that quick fix, but sometimes it's just, you have to push through that really tough times to get to the other side of seeing the light. Right. And it's also, I think we talked about this earlier, but it's really just being able to recognize like, yeah, this, this is my root issue, like not, you know, and embracing it and working through it rather than pushing it back down because that just, that just gets us more sick. So I, I love, first of all, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that with, you know, your early childhood stuff and the things that you were told and the, you know, kind of stories that, that led you down the path that you went. I think, you know, when we can do that, we can really look back over the course of our lives and say, okay, yeah, okay, so this this thing that I was told is, is something that I've carried with me throughout my life, and it's perpetuated all of these, like, just as an example, toxic relationship after toxic relationship, because that's what you think you're deserving of. You, you don't think you deserve better, but once you can get to the root of that and realize that that's not a true story, it's it's just that, it's a story, it's not a reality, it's not the truth. And then you can begin to heal that. And then that's where, when you heal that psychological stuff, that's where the, the physical healing really, really takes hold also, I found. That's beautiful, the way you said it. It was much more articulate maybe than I did the, the uh, summary of it, but it's true. I mean, I think that even if a listener doesn't have chronic pain, like we can all learn from that idea that, other people have labeled us and put us into a space and we're living out someone else's story of us right now. And that's, I feel like where a lot of that pain comes from and to just embrace that you can, you know, take the time to uncover that and be empowered immediately to create a new story. And that's really where we feel like, especially when you're in pain and you're looking for all the answers, that's where actually the quick fix is. It's to look ahead and rewrite your own story and like rebuild that whole foundation. Absolutely. And, and another thing just to add on to that is, you know, as people that have endured chronic illness, we've, we've done some pretty badass things in our lives. I mean, the things that we've come up against and come through, and I, I'm actually taking a course right now, kind of unrelated, but sort of related. And one of the exercises we had to do was come up with a list of 10 badass moments in our lives. And I'm going to, I'm going to actually challenge my listeners to do that. Take, take pen to paper or put it on your phone or whatever works for you. I, I don't like writing because just I have terrible handwriting, but <laughs> I do everything electronically and just write a list of 10 moments in your life where you did something that was really badass. And it doesn't have to be anything too crazy, but just like, you know, maybe just as an example, you were having like the worst pain that you possibly thought you could. And yet you, you made it through that night, or maybe you got up in front of a group and spoke at, or you know, maybe you stood up for yourself in a certain situation. There's, there's all sorts of things in our lives that we're proud of. And write that list down. Keep it with you someplace accessible, like on your phone. And whenever you feel like you're not enough, take out that list and remind yourself of all of the things that you've done in your life that make you a badass. 
I love that. I'm going to do that right after this talk is um, write down those 10 things because that's, it builds so much positive energy, right? So much mm -hmm. empowerment and confidence because we all come across every single day of feeling not enough and feeling like we can't do the things that we really want to do. Even when you're stuck in bed, it's like, remember all those great experiences. And when we can just think about them, we actually physiologically relive them in our body too. Yes. And it gives us that strength and that empowerment to know that if we've gone through all these other things in our lives, we can get through this tough moment too. So I think it's, it's just super, super empowering. That was a little bit of a sidetrack. So I will, uh, I'll bring us back. And I just want to know, so Carrie Faith, so you, you are a coach, you are a speaker, you are a podcaster, an author. Tell us what, what tools you have available, what courses, what things, you know, talk about your podcast for my listeners where they can learn more about you and possibly work with you. I have courses in the future, not quite yet. They're in the works right now on emotional awareness and intelligence and how we can really foster more of those positive thoughts, feelings, and emotions. But for now, I do have a podcast, Carrie Faith on Purpose. It's on all the listening platforms. On Instagram, at the same name, it's Carrie Faith on Purpose, K-E-R-I, Faith on Purpose. I'm on Facebook as well, but I would love to connect with anyone online, mainly for now, offline in the future. I'm looking forward to doing transformational healing retreats in 2020 and beyond so that you know we can come together and utilize multi-dimensional ways to heal right and not just having to seek out a professional here and a professional there but i really think that when we can come together and use just different avenues to heal multiple modalities yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so i look forward to having retreats in the future not quite yet once the international travel opens back up and uh, I do have a website and it is my name, K-E-R-I-Faith.com. Great. And I will put all of that in the show notes. So anybody listening, don't feel like you need to be scribbling all this down. So in closing, I like to ask everybody a question. Since this podcast is called The Chronically Courageous, what does courage mean to you? Ooh, I love this question. Courage means to me really making friends with fear is recognizing where fear shows up. And so it's managing fear is what courage looks like to me. And the best way that I manage fear is just name it and make friends with it. Get comfortable with that sensation in our body and have faith that anything and everything is possible have faith in a better future you know and just encouragement that when you can get quiet and still that's i feel like what courage is is to get really quiet and still not only make friends with fear have stillness be part of a day-to-day -day practice so that you can really manage that fear to move forward nice I love it. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun having you on the show. I feel like this is a really great conversation. I know people are going to love it. And I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. I love to you. I love to everybody. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of The Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at thechronicallycourageous.com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.